Welcome to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. Welcome to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio along with our good friend and co-host Frank. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's looking good, looking good. Hey, you know what I'd like to do? Just this time, I'm going to make it 30 seconds, as I promised uh, Verizon that I would talk about them, because they really, really pissed me off. So <laughs> starting off the show just with 30 seconds, unbelievable, unbelievable um, what they've done, how they treat people. And it's if anybody out there um, could contact with me, I would really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, if you want to take the trouble to send me an email, I'll do something for you. I'm not sure what, but I guarantee it'll be something. And that's John, J-O-H-N, at fishtalkradio.com. Maybe you just want to say a few words about it. Maybe you'll love them. I love their coverage, but as a company, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, maybe later I'll tell you what I ended up with. Unbelievable deal. Half the price of Verizon. Anyway, Frank, let's get into it. Yes, let's talk a little bit. We're just getting ready to go up to our trip here in a few weeks. Oh, you know, it's coming. But, you know, when we first started putting this together, it was like way out there, six months from now or whatever it is. But Uh, now we're short timers. We're less than a month. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to the Long Beach show tonight, and I'm going to give them all a, a uh, one of the flyers for our next one in mm-hmm. September. Oh, perfect. Oh, by the way, I think we have Eddie <coughs> from, uh, where is he? Where is he? Oh, he's on, he's on, he's on, he's on here somewhere. Uh, <laughs> from, yeah, there he is. <laughs> He'll be in the second hour uh, from Van Warmer Resorts. That's where we're going. Okay. <laughs> Unbelievable place. Five miles of pristine beaches, the Bay of Cortez. No, Bay of the Palms. Yeah, well, it's, it seems like I'm having ten times better luck than you. My uh, my projector went out. I called them. They were the nicest people in the world. Who was that? It was uh, oh, Julie. No, no, no. What company? Oh, what company? Yeah. Oh, Julie was at, from... Uh, Okay, well, we got to go, Frank. We'll talk about okay. that a bit later. But, yeah, I'm just so frustrated. I hate this technical age. What can I say? We'll be right back with Fish Hunt Talk Radio. A few years ago, a sailor set out to design a boat shoe that was comfortable and stable, non-skid, and wouldn't mark the decks. Today, these incredibly comfortable shoes are worn by anglers, boaters, professional guides, and charter captains. Go to softscience.com to see more. Soft Science shoes and boots are lightweight and shock absorbent with just the right level of support. Several styles come in all sizes. Enjoy the Soft Science shoe in the water and out. Check them out at softscience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. 
Always buy quality, and you will not be disappointed. AO Coolers, the lightweight, soft-sided cooler, will not disappoint you. Easy to carry, less room on the deck, and more efficient. AO Coolers fit the product inside for more performance. Once you try one, you want more. You will be proud to own one. AO Coolers outperform bulky, hard shell, and lesser soft-sided coolers. For types and how to find yours, go to aocoolers.com. Available at West Marine. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway. So your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan. We have Frank Selby and our very special guest, Steve Lynch, co-owner of Procure. Steve, by the way, before I forget, thank you for the early Christmas present. I got this box sitting on my front porch full of all kinds of stinky stuff. <laughs> we're going to get <laughs> Glad ready to, to do it. Get ready to uh, take some up to Alaska and then hopefully some down to Mexico. But uh, anyway, uh, Steve is, uh, um, I guess, co-owner of Procure. Is that a good description, Steve? Correct. I, okay. I started out in 2001 working in the bait shop mm-hmm. and just kind of went up from there. Well, good, good. And you live in Portland, Oregon. I do. You know, we're going to talk about Procure, but let's just take a minute. Let's talk about Portland. Um, And it is, well, first of all, I've mentioned this many times, is that if you are ever in an area where everything is lush and green, there's, there's a reason for that. Oh, so true. But uh, anyway, this must be a beautiful time of the year up there. It is. It is. And, you know, uh, high 60s uh, through high 70s on an average. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not too hot, not too cold. (laughs) Well, you can be this way probably through the end of September. Well, Portland's in the confluence of the uh, Columbia and the Willamette. Or will admit, I guess, depending on where you Willamette. come from. <laughs> yes. But I've, I've heard it Colonel called a lot of things. But uh, anyway, you know, there is some good fishing, and it's within a short distance, there's a lot of good fishing. I think Frank knows a little bit about it. Yes, I love the fish, the sandy, the clackamas, and the salmon, 
and then I'll go over and float down to shoot sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, I south, go 24 yeah. highway up. Mm-hmm. Nice, 26. those are all beautiful rivers. Yes, and I love them all. The people are wonderful. Mm-hmm. And my dad didn't lie when he told me, well, my uncle, but he told me when he was doing up on Mount Hood, Timberline, he did a lot of carving up there. I actually got photographs of where he carved bears for the stairs. Wait, oh, a, minute. Wow. Wait a minute. Can you explain that carving, carving what? Uh, they It was the CC camp, and there's the town now called CC mm-hmm. camp. Well, they used to get on a bus and ride it up to Timberline uh-huh. and work on the lodge up there. And it's still running today. It's probably the longest-running ski season anywhere in uh, well, the United Mount, States. Mount, Mount is a glacier. You can ski to every every day <laughs> of the year. Yeah, just about. Mm-hmm. And they even, they even filmed The Shining up there. Oh, I didn't know Timberline that. Timberline Lodge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Years ago. But the fishing and the people uh, in Welch's all the way up are great. I have never met a bad person on the river or in any of the little towns. They're always yeah. willing to help. And that's the neat thing about Portland. An hour and a half, you can be at the coast. Or an hour and a half the opposite direction and be up on Mount Hood. So, yeah. you know, you've got everything, with, you know, an hour to an hour and a half right right at your yeah. fingertips. Mm-hmm. Yes. I still as far as rivers, there's living. probably 14 rivers to fish within an hour and a half of Portland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, about it's 10 fish. little tiny streams. Well, you kind of mentioned the chutes, too. That is such a beautiful river. It's down in a canyon, and it's just... Just gorgeous up there, and then float down that. It's just incredible. That's about yes, a three-hour drive. Is it? Yeah. Well, if unless you went up to Columbia and got mm-hmm. where the Columbia and the, mm-hmm. the shoots meet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about an hour and forty minutes where they meet. Uh, yeah, just right and, in Columbia. It, and I always go over to Mount Hood. Mm-hmm. And uh, go well, over the mountain. What's that about an hour? About the, an hour and a half. And then. Mm-hmm. And then go down to Moppins and then get on drift boats. And we drift down for two or three days usually. Mm-hmm. Now, we use a little camp just past the bridge, and he knows what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Sure. But we won't tell everybody about days. that. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they have, there's some guides that do three and five day camping trips on that. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. someone's never done that, man, that is one heck of a time. Yeah, I used to do it every year in September because I was going after the steelhead. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it, Steve, it let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Procure. And, you know, if you go back a long ways, Procure is something you bought because uh, you'd uh, cure your salmon eggs. Correct. Uh, but Correct. Uh, I guess you still do that, but there's, <laughs> there's a lot more we, now in there. <laughs> it's a little bit more involved, yes. We were the first commercial egg here on the market back in 1984. And then and starting in about 1987, we started producing uh, different oils for injecting your marinating baits, and then sauces, then butters, and then gels. So uh, we make about 380 different uh, uh, items. Wow. As well as all the egg cures. And we have about 31 uh, different egg cures on the market now. So, yeah, it's gotten a little more involved over the years. Mm-hmm. That, that gel works perfect for beginners that fly fishing on salt water. They see the 
find that if you throw it in the same place more than four times, you're going to get bit. <laughs> sure, and we have a water-soluble line of products designed to go on flies and jigs. It won't mat them down. They'll still flutter and breathe beautifully in the water. Uh, I'll have to try that. I haven't tried that yet. Yeah, we designed that about eight years ago for the fly guys and marabou jig fishing, and I tell you, it's a phenomenal product. Well, all I can say is that you guys have been around for a while, and you keep getting bigger, and that wouldn't happen if the stuff didn't work. That's very true, and we're, we're currently now uh, selling to approximately 17 countries, and I'm working out agreements and permits with four others. Oh, wow. So each year it just gets a little bigger and a little bigger. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, I think the world of fishing is getting bigger. Um, you know, the Baltic countries are becoming, you know, uh, more aware. And, you know, with the Internet, I mean, we've had got an email from somebody from Lithuania about a month or two ago. But, uh, you know, the world of fishing, I think, is getting bigger, especially places like Africa um, and areas that were only subsistence in the past, that they're, it's becoming a sport. Sure. And as it becomes more challenging to catch a fish, guys are trying more tricks, you know, reaching in their bag and, and grabbing, you know, instead of just a go-to lures. Mm-hmm. When, when they're not working as well, you know, they're trying anything and everything they can. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the lodges feel that they can get done fishing quicker, it's saving them <laughs> fuel and time and energy. So even yeah. if it saves them an hour a day using the Procure, yeah. it all adds up. You know, oh, yeah. Them up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So well, lot. give us uh, give us a little bit of an idea about you know we've only got about two minutes, but a little bit about the procure. Uh, we know it's a scent, uh, and fish a lot of times feed based on scent rather than you know sight or touch. They've got a lot of different things, their lateral lines and all this stuff. But uh, scent seems to be one of the main reasons to attract them to bite. Is that right? It is, and we use 100% real bait. We're not a synthetic scent company. So my crawfish is pure crawfish, ground up, stabilized, or alewife or anchovies or sardines. You know, they're, mm-hmm. We start out with 100% real bait. We're adding a bite stimulant to it just to help trigger them to feed. It's the same stuff they use in the pens when the salmon, when they're pen raising the salmon. Uh-huh. They're stressed and they don't feed as well. Oh. So, uh, we're using that same bite stimulant, and then we're adding UV to it. So in down deeper in murky water, you can see it. Or you know, you it, it, it illuminates your bait. So oh, they can not only smell it, they can see it as well. Hmm. And is there any particular uh, type of fish that it works the best on? I mean, you know, salmon and trout or halibut. Uh, halibut for sure. Well, yeah, the, anything that's like halibut and sturgeon, those are really a scent-driven fishery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when guys are anchoring up and putting it, you know, they'll anchor up, put their baits out, and then they sit and wait. Well, the more scent they have flowing back, the quicker they're going to get bit. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, with the butt juice, that's probably our number one selling item for the halibut. And that's mm-hmm. mainly for bottom fish. Yeah. But it's a heavy oil, and it stays on the ocean floor and just milks back. It's oh, not yeah. a big scent trail. Yeah, and I don't. Uh, well, we're going to have to close it up. I know you told me one time about you know how many truckloads of dead fish come into your plant every day, but it's phenomenal. phenomenal. We do grind up a few pounds a day. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet a few, <laughs> few thousand tons. Anyway, uh, Steve, we appreciate that, and uh, we always enjoy having you on. And again, thanks for uh, uh, that little Christmas present. I'm going to uh, see if it helps me a little bit. You are listening to Fish on Talk Radio. 
Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Vagabundos del Mar, Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos Del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code Fish Talk for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and this is Fish Hunt Talk Radio. And we have now with us, uh, we're talking in this previous segment to Steve about what fish like to eat. We're going to find out what we like to eat, <laughs> right, John? John McGannon exactly from Wild, right. John McGannon from Wild Eats. He is a premier. Um, chef specializing in things that you don't buy in the grocery store 
wild game. <laughs> or of all you know, times. Well, that all depends on what you consider your grocery store, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. It could be well, it could be out offshore, and it could be yeah. at the top of the Rocky Mountain. Well, it's it all, could, it's yeah, all relative. Yeah, it might be in your freezer, but it's probably not at uh, um, <laughs> the, the major grocery chains. But, uh, yes. It didn't start there. Let's yeah. just put it that well, way. Well, actually, you know, you do see some stuff that's starting to come. Well, Buffalo, I guess, is becoming popular. But, sure. you know, wild game can only be sold if it's farm-raised. That's correct. Would you, would you comment on that a little bit? Because you can buy, um, you know, game like uh, venison or elk, but it's farm-raised. Is, is that similar to what you might uh, be able to uh, uh, harvest in the wild? Well, only by name, because as we know, um, you know, you are what you eat. And so if you're a if you're a deer or an elk or a wild boar or a bison and you're basically hanging out in a feedlot, mm-hmm. um, number one, you're eating pretty much the same thing as those cattle are. Yeah. And secondly, you're you're not going to be running up and down 10,000 foot mountains having oh. this incredible muscle development. So yeah. from from a. Uh, a, a case perspective, you know, you're not eating, you're not eating the Forbes and the uh, and the buck brush and the bitter brush and things like that, which give the unique flavor to wild game. But mm-hmm. you also don't get the the muscle development. And when you're hanging out in a feedlot, you know, you're gonna you're gonna start getting fat just like those cows. Yeah. So you lose the nutritional advantage. So oh. there's, you know, by name they are um, a, a similar species, but. Yeah, that's kind of where it ends. Well, on that subject, and Frank, don't let me cut you off, but um, I somebody gave us some bear one time uh, up in Alaska. Uh-huh. And we go, oh, great, this is really good. We're going to do this and that. Man, that stuff, you know, it was like eating fish scales. It was well, terrible. What, what do you, what do you think, it was what do you terrible. Think diet is? <laughs> yeah. Salmon. Yeah. <laughs> it depends I mean, exactly. It depends on exactly. what you so, are, what you eat. That's right. Is is very is very true and significant. And depending upon yeah. you know, yeah. if you get a bear that's just out of a den eating fresh blueberries, yeah. well, then there you it's go. It's going to taste a little bit different yeah. than the one that's eating those sockeye that are running yeah. up the river. Yeah. Right? Or things like the upland game that you know the sagehens and things and sing the stuff that they eat. But it really, I mean, you wouldn't realize how much of a difference it really makes in the taste. Oh yeah, no, I would. <laughs> I would <laughs> now, too. like mm-hmm. with the sagehens. And I think we've talked about this the last time about dry aging and how that oh, yeah. has the effect, how that affects the meat. Mm-hmm. So the, the 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 blood that is inside of our muscle systems is mm-hmm. the broken down byproduct of what we eat. Mm-hmm. So if you're a bear and you're eating fish and you don't properly drain out all that excess capillary blood, well, it, it's going to taste like the fish scales you just mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Well, the same the same the same holds true for those uh, sage hens. You know, they're really super aggressive in flavor because they're eating all that very rich, oily sage. And if you consume that flesh in its saturated state, well, it's going to taste just like just like what they eat. <laughs> and so just like you hang your deer and your elk mm-hmm. and your bison and your moose and you dry mm-hmm. age them to get them to the maximum culinary potential, mm-hmm. you do exactly the same thing with your with your waterfowl. Well, I mean, and your upland birds, and so uh, by simply putting a putting that sage hen in a refrigerator and allowing it to dry out and allowing the excess moisture. Now they don't have a whole lot of capillary blood per se 
uh, as do uh, you know a duck or a goose, mm-hmm. uh, but simply drying it out and getting that internal moisture out of that meat will get rid of a whole bunch of that very aggressive flavor that's associated with those birds. Uh, John, I so much enjoy having you on because I really enjoy food and I just enjoy learning things from you. Uh, you know, one of the things you touched on was aging. Now, dry mm-hmm. aging, uh, there's a local, well, within a short distance butcher shop that dry ages all their meat and they hang it for about mm-hmm. three weeks. But it's one of those things don't do at home. It has to be very controlled uh, temperature and very controlled humidity and it makes a huge difference, but you can't just throw it in the refrigerator and expect the same results. Well, you know, I, I think you can. I, I think as long as you're below 40 degrees and above freezing, mm-hmm. and, you know, if you, even, and even if you're doing it piece by piece, the challenge that one has at home is, is space. Mm-hmm. So you don't know, you know, not everybody has a walk-in yeah. refrigerator that they can deal with. Right. But as long you can, you can dry age, you know, a couple, two, three ducks on a rack uh-huh. in your refrigerator. And, you know, I've, I've taken, I've taken geese, um, you know, up to 14, 15 days and can turn a, a big old Canadian honker into a piece of filet mignon. And you know how wow. tough those birds can be. Yeah. And it's all basically you're getting rid of that capillary blood for the, for the reasons we just discussed. And you're evaporating the internal moisture out of, the, out of that meat. And without those two liquid properties, the fiber structure of those highly intensified muscle systems basically becomes tender. I, I now, they do that. The restaurants do that. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll hang their beef for 28 days, which is yeah. complete overkill. Because uh, those animals have never even broken into a trot, no less yeah. up and down a 10,000-foot yeah. mountain. So but that's how you get the maximum, the maximum potential. Mm-hmm. Um, for your domestic meat, but it's really the only way that you can break down these intense mm-hmm. muscle systems that are fully saturated with uh, with all this capillary blood. Well, wild game. I, I don't want. I want to give Frank a chance to ask a question, but I got one more first. You were okay. talking about ducks and geese. Now, and they have so much oil. Uh, what do you recommend as far as roasting or? Or, um, you know, once you do slow cook them, they come out completely tender. And of course, they're going to be moist because of the amount of fat and oil they have in them. But what do you recommend for uh, fixing uh, ducks and geese that, that well, do have all Well, as we fat? just mentioned, waterfowl, migratory birds, have a process called reoxygenation. And it, it is what allows that, those birds to fly, you know, thousands of miles on a migration at, you know, 10, 12, 15,000 feet in the air. That reoxygenation is because it has twice the amount of capillary blood than does a land animal. Oh. And as and as we mentioned, you know, this excess amount of capillary blood supplies oxygen to its heart and its lungs, which allows it to do what it does. And now that's really good for the ducks and the geese. That's not so good for us uh, because of what we just went through with the with regards to what it is that you eat. And now if you eat that bird and it's fully oversaturated state, that's why the, the meat and the flesh of a, a duck or a goose is so dark. It's because it's so mm-hmm. impregnated with this capillary blood. Oh. And if you, and most people, when they have something that has a little bit of an off flavor, they want to soak it in something, which mm-hmm. is exactly the opposite of what you want to do. The reason oh, really? why it's so aggressive is because of this fully saturated state. And just like you hang your deer and your elk and your beef, 
you you dry age your your waterfowl. Oh, and so you take over, instead over of adding moisture. Uh, instead of adding that, moisture, you want to take it away. Will drain out, mm-hmm. and that meat mm-hmm. will go from an eggplant purple color to the color of a piece of veal. Huh. And then you don't What's need your... the habanero teriyaki honey sake soy glaze to cover <laughs> up all that stuff. Yeah. And you actually have a, a piece of meat that is uh, is at its maximum potential. And your breast for your waterfowl, you treat it just like a ribeye, hot and fast. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, you, you treat it like a, like a shoulder, slow and wet. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What was that last? I'm sorry. The last thing you said, you treat what like uh, 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 low and slow? That was the well. Slow and wet is, are the legs and the the breasts are. Oh hot yeah. Okay. Like, okay. Like I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, we all we're Let's we're kind of programmed because we think, oh, you just take a chicken and you can throw it in the oven mm-hmm. and you roast it and it comes out and every everything is where it's supposed to be. Well, mm-hmm. those those birds have been. Uh, very much modified since the beginning of time to oh, yeah. be able to accommodate, uh, you know, accommodate mm-hmm. that kind of cooking technique. Well, the, the wild birds, um, you have you have two very distinctive, different muscle structures that mm-hmm. require different cooking applications. It'd be like okay. taking a whole steer and putting it on a spit, cooking it over a fire, yeah. and, and thinking that. Yeah. You know, the necks and the shoulders and the shanks are going to be all nice and juicy and moist, and yeah. those. You know, those nice uh, strip loins are going to be beautiful and medium rare. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that right. way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frank, we've only got a couple of minutes. I'm sure you've got a couple of questions. And we haven't even talked about seasoning that uh, John specializes in. Yeah, this is what I'm going to ask you really quick. When I was a kid, we hung our ducks 24 hours. We'd pull out the guts and hang them by their head. Mm-hmm. Then we would just pull the breast out, put two crab apples in a pan, <laughs> lay the breast on them then we would take orange juice and honey and mix it up and that was our base mm-hmm. and the, the, I have honestly and if you cook them perfect where they're just pink, very light pink in the middle of the breast they're delicious mm-hmm. and well they can be there's a lot of there's a lot of um, the variety depending on what species of waterfowl we're talking about how significant application to that as well but my I I have if you go to wildeats.com I have a a document that that has all of the uh, the recommended dry aging times Mm -hmm. for this for the specific species and you know so if you got your small birds but, Two to four days would be plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, you get, you know, mallards and sprigs, five to seven days, and you can take a big old honker up to 14 days but, and John, literally John, turn we're gonna, that we're piece gonna, of we're, rubber we're, we're, into we're, we're, filet mignon. We're time. What is your website? It is uh, wildeats.com. And go there. And we didn't even talk about the spices. You have hundreds of them, and you put them all well, together. I have, I have six varieties, and yep. if it walks, crawls, swims, or flies, we, <laughs> okay. have, we, have, we have the perfect blend. Okay, go to wildeats.com, John. I appreciate it. we got to bring it back. Good day. The soft science footbed absorbs the shock of pounding waves, engine vibration, and even rocky terrain. Soft science shoes are roomy and relaxed, and they drain and dry quickly. Check out the soft science fin fishing shoes and boots and the fin H2O for kayaking and canoeing. They're lightweight, slip resistant, and won't mark your deck. See the new styles for men and women and get your pair on at softscience.com. 
It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. Alaskan RV Butler. Guiding, fishing, hiking, sightseeing, adventure. The Alaskan RV Butler. Like a cruise on wheels in the comfort of an RV. View the wonders of Alaskan interior, streams, ocean, and wildlife. Or fish for the big one. All while pampered by Mike, the Alaskan RV Butler. Mike's inclusive tours serve butter-drenched shellfish and mouth-watering steaks. Mike is your personal chef, chauffeur, guide, and planner. And for the real Alaska, contact MikeRVButler at gmail.com. That's MikeRVButler at gmail.com. Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan. <laughs> hey, Frank. Yes, uh, I'm Coast. Uh, let's see if we can, you know, this is fun, but when you call people and they don't answer, it's frustrating. But uh, anyway, we're going to see if we can get uh, Bart Armuth from Ross Reels. If not, we'll try something else. If not, you and I are just going to start talking. Let's talk about yeah. our trips. Yeah, definitely. We can talk a little bit about our trip. I'm ready. I got to go in and fill up two spools. Oh, I got the line. Berkeley sent me. What are you going to put on? Oh, wait, wait a minute. Your the fishing line. I don't have. The, I mean, fly line. I don't have that. No, it's braided, and I, I'm going to Angler Center and fill up 700 yards on my 15 weight because I want to land yards. a 250 pound halibut. 700. Well, you're not going to find that, but who knows? You know, stranger things have happened. Um, I've done them up to a hundred. Yeah, 
Well, I wouldn't even want to bother with a 250-pound halibut. Um, oh, I tell you a quick story. We're up there fishing one time, and there's, uh, I think, three of us and a girl on the boat. And she hooked into something that almost pulled her over. Actually, the deckhand had to grab hold of her and hold her on. She was cranking on it and cranking on it. And, uh, you know, the deckhand goes, okay, who wants to take it? You know, the rod, everybody goes, nope, not me, nope, not me. <laughs> the last thing you want to do is sit there for two hours cr- cranking on a, you know, a 200-pound concrete weight and dragging it up off the bottom of the ocean floor. But uh, anyways, it turned out it was, I think it was a huge skate or something anyway. But, uh, you know, those are... Um, you know they're great, but you know big fish. It's a lot of work. Yeah, that's why they call it hard fishing. Oh, is when that you're right? Going after halibut. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, anyway, um, we have Eddie coming up uh, in the next segment. But uh, um, we have a trip. Two things that we want to talk about, and we need to get some. We've been concentrating on this fish to or trip to Alaska, which is sold out. But uh, we want to start concentrating on getting some people signed up for our East Cape trip. Yeah, I, and, I'm going to the Long Beach Casting Club tonight. Oh, perfect! I printed up a bunch of folders for them, mm-hmm. and I'm going to pass them out and tell them to, uh, if they want to go. The, email you and he, you will tell him where to send the money there you honey. go we'll take the money honey yeah <laughs> but uh, you got it <laughs> but uh, uh anyway that is that uh, trip is 850 dollars the end of september and it's been a, a, an incredible trip one of those the 28th yeah 28th to whatever it is so we have uh we have bart on the line yep hey bart where have you been Hey, John, I thought got our, got our time screwed up, I guess. Okay. Time zones are fun, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. It was probably my fault. It always is. <laughs> but anyway, we got you now. Uh, Bart Lamoth is uh, with Roth Reels and, I guess, uh, sister company, Abel, or I don't know exactly yep. you know which, which one comes first, but uh, I know you were with Ross first, and then uh, when Steve Abel you know, kind of went off in different directions, you guys took over Abel Reels, which is... Um, They're well, still the best two reels out there. Well, I was, I was just going to say, this is not my field. Let's let Frank talk about it. Let me yeah. guess, that Frank over there, that sounds just like him. <laughs> it is. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I just, uh, is my reel going to make it back in time? I don't know. That's a Jeff question. Sorry about that one, Frank. I, I didn't check the repairs recently. <laughs> yeah, well, I know you guys were running way behind, but, nope, you know, back, back I hadn't right had to touch that reel in 17 years, I think. And it finally, the little spring gave out on the, the drag. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, and that's an easy fix. I'm Ben. If that's not already on its way back to you, I'd be surprised. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, and I've got Rosses that are just as old. I've even got the half gold and half black Rosses. Oh, really? Very cool. Yeah, so, you know, I've got all the old stuff, but it still works like brand new. And that's mm-hmm. when you pay good money in the beginning. You can almost do a lifetime with it and pass it on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now that's our, that's yeah. our joke with a lot of these Ross reels. and It's coming true. A lot of these Gunnisons have been, it's a 20-year-old reel, and now it's being passed down. you got great, people's grandkids are using that as their first first quality fly reel, mm-hmm. which is just fantastic. 
I have people come in every once in a while see if I can find an old spool. I had a lot of old spools with Rosses, and I'm pretty well gone out of all of them, except for the ones that I keep for my own reels. They're still super popular. We actually do carry uh, a good chunk of our discontinued spools still on the shelf because there's enough demand for them. And when we have time in the factory, we can uh, you know we switch over and uh, remake some of the oldies, you know, revisit some of the classics. You want to look at it that way, uh, Bart? Would yeah. You one more question: uh, Would you kind of tell them where to send their Rosses real quick? I, sure. you know, I had a, I found you on the web easy, like you yep. said. But that, would you give it one more time for both of them? Sure. That, yep, but that's the easiest way, www.rossreels.com or Able Reels, and you'll see a little link for support and then uh, warranty repair. Mm-hmm. And it actually has nice little forms you can fill out, gives you all the information you need, which is great. But we're right here in Montrose. You know, you want to write the address down if you're you know, listening at the, at the podcast level and can reverse. It's just uh, 11 Ponderosa Court in Montrose, Colorado, 81401. Thank you so much. Nice. I appreciate that, <laughs> nice. and I appreciate your reels more than you'll ever know, both of them. Thank you. Able and Ross. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bart, the conventional reels can be very, very complicated, and a lot of them you don't want to take the side plates off because you'll never get it back together again. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, uh, the, uh, you know, basically a fly reel is one of the most simple tools, but... Um, you know, normally it's you know it's just there. You know, there's no gearing. You just kind of crank it and roll it up, and it's it's pretty simple. But would no. you mind? <laughs> would you, I was going to say, would you no. mind explaining a little bit about the mechanics of a fly reel or a Frank? Sure. I mean, the mechanics are pretty straightforward. The the main difference between a conventional reel and a fly fishing reel is most of your conventional reels have. Um, I have a multiplier system, basically. So for each each crank you make of the of the reel, you're actually retrieving, you know, it's a retrieve ratio, as you guys are probably very familiar with. Mm-hmm. You might, re, you know, might turn that, spin that bale or spin four that, times, yeah. or four times, eight times, what have you. Mm-hmm. Whereas a, a fly fishing reel is a direct drive. So there, it's it's one to one. As you're reeling in, you're just getting one crank per revolution, and also you don't have anti reverse, except for some very specific reels like Abel used to make some. Um, I still have some of them. <laughs> they 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 are very very niche and very popular with those guys that like them. Um, but traditionally, if you're not, if you're cranking on a on a fly reel, no lines going out. Um, you know, you've got to let go of the line to let that line out uh, in order to, to play the fish on the drag. And most fly reels today you operate with a disc drag system, which is just a uh, a disc of a material like a Delrin or a Rulon, which are both uh, Teflon derivatives that uh, get compressed between either aluminum or stainless steel plates, and that creates friction. And that is, that's how your drag works. They're pretty reliable, super smooth, and there's a million different variations you have on that. You've got, mm-hmm. um, you know, Just like brakes on a car. They like brakes on a car. That's mm-hmm. exactly right, Frank. And that's Put it in Langman's language so they know. <laughs> that's perfect. No, and that's to that end. You know, we were t- I was talking about those old Gunnisons that are 20, 30 years old. Uh, when they come back for repair, usually it is, hey, the drag's real weak. Well, the pads on the brakes wore out. Mm-hmm. You know, we put a new disc in there and send it back, and the there thing's like brand new. Mm-hmm. It's just like, uh, just like, you know, any uh, any automobile getting getting a new uh, engine, more or less, <laughs> is how I how I equated a lot of the time. Well, this is an off the wall question, but this is directed to both of you. Uh, generally speaking, when you're fly fishing, you know, you 
you know, you, you you let the line out and you know just kind of in a loop, and then you just you know fling it, strip it, fling, strip it out, and it takes you know all the line that's that's loose will go out. And when you got a fish on, um, normally you, where you you start with a fish, where you're holding the line. Um, and then, you know, you just hold it with your finger and lift the rod up. But the problem is if you've got line out and you've got a big fish, um, how do you put it on the reel? I mean, what's a simple way that, you know, you can do it without losing the fish? Well, in a, there's in a, in two a different ways. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, that was right. In the perfect world, that fish starts running, and you just let that line slowly slip out of your fingers until it gets on the reel. But mm-hmm. I'll default to Frank on the other ones. <laughs> yeah, we use uh, stripping fingers so you don't burn your finger like you. Mm-hmm. a lot of guys on conventional push on the thumb down oh, on don't a do big that. fish. Don't do that. And they'll burn, burn the skin right off of the thumb. We take our little finger 90% of the time while we're letting it go, and we're reeling in the excess with a little bit of tension so when it gets to the reel, we can let go of it and fight it. Mm -hmm. That's the easiest way, and I've been doing it that way since I was a kid. Okay, so you can you explain that one more time? I wasn't... Okay, when you cast, mm-hmm. you you have it under your finger. Mm-hmm. All the excess you grab right by the spool, the reel, mm-hmm. put it on your little finger, put a little pressure on, start winding, oh, let it slide to your finger it, oh, at the okay. same time. Right, I got you. I got and you. It, that way, when you get to the drag, you've got okay. it kind of tight on your finger, so when it takes off, it just doesn't snap the line. Okay. And well, you see guys Frank, doing that on conventional. Frank and uh, Yo. Bart, looks like we're out of time in this segment. But uh, you know what, Bart, if you, if you don't mind hanging on after the break, we'll put you on for a couple more minutes. But you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to Fish Hunt Talk Radio or fishtalkradio.com. Listen to the show as many times as you want and go back and go through the archives. You're going to find some stuff you like. So we'll be right back with you. Years ago, a sailor set out to design a boat shoe that was comfortable and stable, non-skid, and wouldn't mark the decks. Today, these incredibly comfortable shoes are worn by anglers, boaters, professional guides, and charter captains. Go to softscience.com to see more. Soft Science shoes and boots are lightweight and shock absorbent with just the right level of support. Several styles come in all sizes. Enjoy the Soft Science shoe in the water and out. Check them out at softscience.com. Used by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, Aftco makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says Aftco, you know you have a quality rod. Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through Aftco. Longest lasting, functional, and best looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for Aftco at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. Great news. You can now watch Grizz's shows wherever you are, whenever you want, on all your mobile devices. Download the Grizz Channel app today. 
enjoy an adventure during that boring wait at the doctor's office. Or while you're sitting at the airport waiting for your next flight. Just go to your phone, tablet, or even Kindle app store or iTunes and download it today. And when you get home, you can watch The Grizz on your big screen on Roku. Catch The Grizz next adventure today. This is John Hennigan, and as promised, uh, Bart has kindly agreed to come back with us for a couple of minutes because we were in the middle of some stuff, and uh, Frank really didn't have a whole lot of conversation with Bart, but uh, gosh, you know, there's just so many questions. Frank, where should we go with Bart and fly fishing? Um, you know, it's, it's become, seems to me, fly fishing is just doubling every year. And then, of yeah. course, the, the, uh, the saltwater fly fishing is just, just huge now. Yeah, and it's well, not, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not just like crowded anymore. anything else. The more the challenge, mm-hmm. the more you want to fly fish. Mm-hmm. And I always recommend an Abel or a Ross. There's one other I will not mention on the air. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, though there's some good ones that have been around for centuries. But yeah. uh, let me ask Bart a question. Um, as far as the Abel and Ross reels, with the kind of changing in the type of fishing, fly fishing, especially, you know, people People aren't just after, you know, one or two pound trout anymore. Um, how is the industry changing for the reels? Man, it's it's all about the machining at this point. You know, you're seeing a lot of reels that are made overseas that are actually pretty decent quality now. You know, in that kind of lower echelon, one hundred to two hundred dollar price point. Mm-hmm. Um, and now where you're seeing the value is in the American made product, where there a lot more thought is put into the machining, and you know how not only aesthetically but performance wise as well, and how well that act, that reel um, handles adversity and handles fish um, in, inside the drag systems. Because it, in all honesty, in fly fishing, it, it's a reel is basically a line holder. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly, you know we're we've got to sell it based on. You know, what benefits do you have? What does this line holder have over this one, be it a drag system, be it an aesthetic look that you think is really good? Because let's be honest, it's all about how we look when we're out fly fishing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can well, I mention one thing real quick? Certainly. Uh, people don't realize the aluminum. It depends on what kind of aluminum you use. Mm-hmm. Because some aluminum, you have to hard anodize. Some aluminum, you just have to... Uh, 
clear coat them, anodize, and then put dye on them. Yep. And, and you know you're right there, Frank. And there's you know what we use is sixty sixty one quote unquote aircraft grade aluminum. Yep, um, that's I don't, perfect. I don't think they've used it in uh, thirty is, years. <laughs> is, is that an NCR machine out of a billet or how, how is that? Yep, we we actually get them in a long bar stock and mm-hmm. then chop them down to what we call pucks, look like a hockey puck. So and then, it's just all them. it's just all one piece that you just uh, cut it out, and so there, there's no welds, there's no uh, nuts exactly. and bolts. Yeah. It's a hundred percent reductive process, meaning that you're removing you're removing the material to get one solid piece. Mm-hmm. Whereas an additive process, like you were saying with welds or mm-hmm. what have you, creates weak spots. Mm-hmm. Um, by having it be one solid piece of aluminum, that's what makes the the big difference. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you know you've got you got cold finished aluminum where it's just a big bar that they mill down. You've got hot finished aluminum that comes out of an extrusion, and you know there are three main components of what make that quality aluminum for a reel. Um, how it, how uh, how its dur- how durability is the obvious one. Mm-hmm. Um, how well it machines. You know, the harder of the aluminum you get, the more, the tougher it's going to be on tools. Going to take longer to make. Times literally money in manufacturing. Okay. Um, and then third is how as it's kind of what Frank alluded to. How does it take anode? Okay. You know, how does it take anodize? Uh, and quick question. That, quick question, sir? Frank. I'm going to catch up, but we got less than a minute. We're going to Alaska, and Frank thinks he's going to hook into a 200 pound halibut on <laughs> on a fly reel. So what? What's he going to use? How's that going to happen? He's going to get get a uh, a, a Ross Evolution R Salt eleven twelve to take with him because, quite frankly, we don't know how strong the drag is on it. All the line we kept using kept breaking before the drag came. So. <laughs> well, I've got two of the old Able fourteens. That'll do Wait. the job. That'll uh, do the job. Actually, one has never been used. It's still in the box, and I'm going to put hundred hundred pound backing on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use 60-pound test with okay. a fly that's about 14 inches long. Wow. But okay. I would love to try one of the new Rosses if you want to send me one. I'd be <laughs> more than happy to okay. test it. <laughs> there you go. All right, you guys. My mom had been raised All right, you guys. We're going to have to get out of here. Um, again, thank you very much. You are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com. Listen to the show. Get in touch with us. Welcome to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. This is John Hennigan, and thanks for tuning in to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. We have Frank Selby, our friend co-host that's uh, helping us out, as always. Frank, I don't know what we'd do without you. Oh, I appreciate that. Oh, by the way, I think on the 5th, I haven't decided yet, I might go fishing, so you may have to do the show by yourself. No problem. Yeah, you stuck me with it two weeks ago. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, I hope you're feeling better and all is well. Yeah. Uh, so we've got just a couple of quick minutes. Uh, first of all, you know, for the amount of people that are out there listening, we don't get hardly any feedback from our listeners, and we really would like to. Uh, if you just want to send an email to John, that's me, at fishtalkradio.com. And you know, whatever if you want to find out some information about our trips, you know, or tell us what you like or don't like, or what you want us to cover, we'd be more than happy to take care of you. And I know we have listeners out there all over the world, so send an email 
to john at fishtalkradio.com. That's an easy one, john at fishtalkradio.com. So I'd like to hear from you guys out there, see what's, uh, make sure there's somebody listening. Yeah, there better be a bunch. Well, it's supposedly there's, you know, we get uh, um, somewhere between a half and, a, and uh, a million and a million people a month that are tuning in. So I don't know where they all are, but uh, they're out there. Anyway, yeah. Frank, we've got a couple of trips coming up that we will, we're going to be starting off talking to... Uh, who do we have coming up first? Oh, John Marriott of Soft Science. And I, they sent me, he sent me like a dozen pair. I've only got a few left because all my friends are going, wow, these are great. Can I have another one? Uh, yeah, did you get mine? <laughs> I, I did, but I might have given them away. What size are you? I'm nine. Oh, shoot. Nine and a half. Well, or it's, ten. Yeah, yeah, so you were a 10. Gosh, I gave away two pairs of 10 the other day. I might have to get them back. Anyway, um, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with John Marriott of Soft Science, and we'll be right back with you. Soft Science footbed absorbs the shock of pounding waves, engine vibration, and even rocky terrain. Soft Science shoes are roomy and relaxed, and they drain and dry quickly. Check out the Soft Science Fin fishing shoes and boots and the Fin H2O for kayaking and canoeing. They're lightweight, slip-resistant, and won't mark your deck. See the new styles for men and women and get your pair on at softscience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. If you are still using a plastic hard shell cooler, things have changed for the better. AO coolers are lighter with twice the efficiency of the traditional bulky coolers. AO coolers are the best available soft-sided cooler with three-quarter inch high-density closed-cell foam insulation. They will keep ice frozen for 24 hours in hot weather. Easy to carry, less space, it fits product inside for better performance. Go to aocoolers.com to order or find a retailer available at West Marine. The road stretches for miles in front of you, and with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway, so your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back motor trend truck of the year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. Alaskan RV Butler. Guiding, fishing, hiking, sightseeing, adventure. The Alaskan RV Butler. Like a cruise on wheels in the comfort of an RV. View the wonders of Alaskan interior, streams, ocean, and wildlife. Or fish for the big one, all while pampered by Mike, the Alaskan RV Butler. Mike's inclusive tours serve butter-drenched shellfish and mouth-watering steaks. Mike is your personal chef, chauffeur, guide, and planner. And for the real Alaska, contact MikeRVButler at gmail.com. That's MikeRVButler at gmail.com. 
He's a great American fisherman If fish anywhere Anywhere there's water Lord knows he'll be there He's just like a gypsy Mighty hard to hold Great American fisherman Got fishing in his soul Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we also have Frank Selby on the line with us, our co-host and sometimes host and uh, <laughs> just a host uh, by himself. He's, he's pretty good. Anyway, uh, we also have the line with us, a really good guy. His name is John Marriott, and he has, uh, well, he's not his company, but he, he's, he's the guy, and that's at Soft Science. Maybe it is your company, John. I don't know. But uh, Soft Science, and welcome to Fish Hunt Talk Radio, John. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I have to tell you something. I was talking to Frank during the break, and you know all those shoes you sent me, like a dozen pair? Well, I got a pair for Frank, uh, size 10. Uh, and then a friend of mine was, you know, was, was talking to him, and he goes, oh, man, these are great. Try them on. And so I... Uh, um, I gave him a pair of size 10s, and I don't know if I have any left for Frank, so Frank may have to call you himself and get a pair. <laughs> not not a problem. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. Uh, I, I know a guy in the warehouse. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. But no, they are, uh, you know, what? how many people wear shoes and somebody will say, what are those? And never happened before in my life. And it seems like since I've been wearing these, it happens all the time. Because not just the function, but they they look good. And they feel great. Yeah. They're not, not even like you're wearing a pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. I love my nine and a half. Well, a friend of mine that has wide feet, and he's always having problems with his feet. Uh, so I, I wear a 12, and he wears a 12. So I, I put them on. He goes, oh, they're not going to work. You know, my feet are too wide. I said, well, just try them. He goes, rah, 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 rah. So I said, just try them. And he put them on. I saw them the other day. I said, did they work? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> well, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And, and you know, one of the things that's uh, kind of unique to our, co- our company and, and, and to our line is, uh, you know, we, we try to, to serve, uh, you know, the extended sizes population as oh, well. Yeah. So it's, it's really difficult to find a good quality fishing shoe uh, you know, in in larger sizes, but mm-hmm. you know, we have our original fin goes all the way up to size 18, <laughs> and uh, we uh, I just got done working on our our new launch for 2019, and we're going to be adding one more color in our fin two that's going to go up to size 16. And uh, we're even adding two colors of our thin three that'll go all the way up to size 16. Well, you know what? It's difficult to find a pair of shoes that are oversized 12. Sometimes you get 13, but it's amazing to how many you know how many people that I know that are wearing 13s. And uh, you know, of course, the size isn't critical because the way that your shoe works, it's like a you know, it's like you're walking on soft sand. Um, and, you know, you don't, it, it doesn't, you know, kind of, you know, tighten it up and squeeze your toes together. 
Uh, so, yeah, but, exactly. The footbed is designed to let your uh, your toes spread out and, and be comfortable. Uh, and breathe. And, and, you know, the, the insole beneath it has, you know, sufficient padding and resiliency mm-hmm. so that it absorbs the shock. And you know, just overall, it's a much more comfortable experience. Well, you would think that your feet would kind of, you know, wobble around or float in it, but they don't. You know, they just, you just, they're just, they just comfortable. And, you know, I uh, I wear some lace-ups. I like the ones with the cloth laces instead of the leather because the leather doesn't seem to want to. Anyway, but uh, uh, I, <laughs> I finally, after wearing them every day for two weeks, I threw them in the washing machine. <laughs> but, uh, uh, don't wear socks, and they don't stink. Well, at least I don't think they stink. But yeah, you wouldn't <laughs> smell it anyway. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I mean, you can wear them. Every, of course, you should rotate them, like wear them every other day. But you know, I I just get up in the morning and and I I, I tie them loose enough that I can just kind of slide right into them without having to tie them and untie them. But uh, you know, they just—it's it, kind of a, a strange thing where they don't. Normally, you have to lace up shoes to make them fit right, but these you don't. Yeah, and, you know, depending on the shape of your foot and kind of how you're using the shoe, I mean, they all have the common outsole that has the uh, the drainage mm-hmm. features to mm-hmm. them so that they, you know, that when you get them wet, they're going to drain very quickly and then they'll dry. But depending on how tight you like to wear your shoes and if you want to be able to just kick them off or you want them on, cinched up real tight because you're going to be fighting a fish or you're going to be in, you know, big rollers, uh, you know, out in the back of a boat. You know, people will choose which style they want mm-hmm. based on how tight you can either tie them up or zip them up. Well, and, uh, you know, so we've got styles with two eyelets, three eyelets, uh, all the way up to five. And then we have the uh, the zip up with the uh, the the ankle strap as well. Uh, so you know you you can really pick based upon what what purpose it is you're trying to fill. Well, when you mentioned about something that you need, you know, when you're you know either waiting or in the stream or on a boat uh, where you want security, you don't have to lace them up because those neoprene. I don't know what it is. Is it neoprene? The ones that uh, uh, that come up above your ankle. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the fin boot. Yeah, the the fin boot. They just zip right up, and they, you know, they're nice and snug. They're not tight, but they're nice and snug. And uh, you know, those things are incredible. Yeah, they really are. They're they're super comfortable, and uh, you know, they protect your ankles if you're you know if you're trying to get out to uh, you know a sandbar for for uh, surf casting, or if you're you know got to go across a. Uh, an oyster bed or, or whatever, uh, you know, you're always getting your ankles cut up. Oh, by and, the way. Uh, yeah, um, you know, having a pair of these on prevents that. Well, I have to tell you a story. A friend of mine, uh, his son is a commercial fisherman, and he's got this little aluminum boat that he beach launches, and he does inshore fishing. He does really well at it. And Steve will have to sometimes get up at 2 o'clock in the morning to help him launch. Um, and so I, I got him a um, a pair of those, and then actually I got him two pair, one for him and one for his son. And so I was asking about how his son liked them, and he says, I didn't give them to him. And he goes, why not? He says, because I want them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there seems to be a lot of that going around. Uh, people get people kind of possessive with these shoes. Yeah, yeah especially John. Yeah. <laughs> he gives mine away every time. Well, Frank, I don't see you every week, okay? So I think you're just going to have to get in touch with John, and he'll send you exactly what you want. 
But, oh, by the way, uh, Jenny is sitting here with me, and she she wants to know if I can get a pair of pink shoes. <laughs> well, you know, uh, we do have pink lady shoes. Oh, you do? Uh, are, okay. Uh, in a couple styles, in flip-flops as well as uh, a more athletic yeah. shoe that mm-hmm. uh, that we produce. Mm-hmm. We don't have a pink joking. fishing shoe, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, I got her, I guess last year you had some white ones that were really cool. She likes those, but I think you've discontinued those. Yeah, we, you know, we still, you know, as, as styles change, you know, we'll rotate things at the clearance, and we still have a decent selection of both the white and the, I know the ones you're talking about, the mm-hmm. women's light walker. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a sneaker. Oh, yeah, it's um, neat. With the black. same uh, comfort outsole. But, uh, yeah, we still have some of that available in clearance on the website. Okay. All right. We'll have to take another look Ask then. Ask about black. <laughs> you want black for you? Yeah. All right. All right. Women do wear black. You know? <laughs> Black, yeah, you black know, we, and diamonds. We have yeah. quite a demand on both men's and women's on our black, uh, more casual shoes, the non-fishing shoes, yeah. uh, because they make a really great work shoe for people who are on their feet all day. If, well, you know, yeah, um, if, if someone is like, you know, whatever it is, if you're a medical worker or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and, oh, the other thing is, too, is my brother got a pair, and he normally has to use orthodontic shoes. And, you know, he got a pair of these and, you know, orthodontic shoes are not cheap. Matter of fact, we got to talk about that. We got to get him into some uh, ortho, what, not orthodontic, uh, what do you call it? Foot orthopedic. Doctor. Orthopedic, yeah. <laughs> yeah, orthodontic. Yeah, well, that too. Put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> You do that all the time. I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he does put a little bit of padding underneath because he needs it. But, uh, um, you know, ortho orthopedic shoes i mean you could spend two three hundred dollars for those well yeah you know and we just got some results uh we we did a tread a treadmill test uh where we measured our shoes against uh, a pair of shoes that had a custom orthotic insert Mm -hmm. uh and it it basically it maps what the pressure points are on your foot well our shoes outperformed john we gotta go i don't know how that happened but we're out of time again I appreciate that, and I'm sure Frank will be in touch with you. Uh, and it's softscience.com, right? Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Vagabundos del Mar. Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos Del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. 
Country Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month, and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com, and start getting your packages every month. This is John, and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal, and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. You can't catch fish. 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 No, 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 no. You can't catch fish. No, 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 no. You can't catch fish. No, 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 You can't catch fish. No, no, no. I got a little story about a city boy that came from Wisconsin up from Illinois so we can enter. The big fish contest, it's a thousand bucks cash for the biggest and the best, but I told him. Guy, you're making a mistake. You don't stand a chance catching fish on the slate, cause hey, you can pray you want to wish. But let me tell you something, guy, you can't fish. I told you there, guy. Can't catch fish. What do you think you're doing? Can't catch fish. For Christ's sake. You can't catch fish. Go back to Illinois, hey. Can't catch fish. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and of course we have Frank Selby, our host, co-host. Depends on whether I'm yeah, here or which, not. Which day it is, depends, if I'm host or co-host. Depends right? on what. Depends <laughs> if I'm here or not. But uh, we had uh, we have Eddie Dama from um, the premier resort in the East Cape of uh, Baja, which in the little town of Los Bariles, and uh, I think we've told the story of why it's got its name. But uh, it is, it's like what is it? The Bay of the Palms is a. It's just a beautiful beach. What is it, about five miles long, Eddie? Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's uh, Hotel Palmas de Cortez. It's right at the uh, tip of the uh, Bay of Palms in Los Morillas. Mm-hmm. And that it's just a beautiful, flat, sandy beach. You guys, <laughs> the resort is so cool because it, it's you know you, you're if you're in the infinity pool and you look out, you see the fishing boats out there fishing. Or they're taking off in the morning or coming in in the evening because you got one little kind of a portable dock that you use there. And so you just, you know, you just get out of your room. And uh, if you're smart, you'll get up in time for breakfast. And, and the window's looking out over the ocean. Then you just walk down to the boats. You don't need any gear. You don't need an ice chest. You just walk on the boat. Everything's taken care of, even your lunch. And you just walk on and, you know, and you might be fishing in five or ten minutes or you might have to go, you know, 10, 15 miles, depending on where the fish are. But that area is it's so hard to describe because it's such a premier fishing area. 
that you know you you, if you, you might go all the way out to Seravo, um or out to where the uh, the shark buoys are, which I've had some. That's where I got my fifty-seven pound Dorado. Wish I was in a tournament, but anyway. But uh, you know, they, they they could be in real close, or they could be farther out. But in the water is like a lake. So you get on this nice cruiser, yeah. and you just go out, and if you ask them ahead of time, they might throw some beers in there for you. But uh, you certainly got water and, and a great lunch. And it's just so easy. And the little town of Los Bariles is uh, kind of reminds me of Cabo San Lucas 30 years ago. You know, there are, but, you know, there are no, well, the difference is, like 30 years ago, there's no kids selling chiclets, there's no timeshare salesmen, there's no graffiti, you know, there's no gangs, there's no, it's just a nice, peaceful little place, with, you know, they don't have a ton of restaurants, but, you know, they got half a dozen good ones. But uh, I don't know if you get a chance to get out of there, Eddie, <laughs> you just always eat at the hotel. Yeah, no, you know, honestly, uh, the town of Los Gorillas is, you know, during the summertime, which is uh, the low season for the town itself, but it's the hotel's high season. Uh, the town itself has about 3,000 uh, uh, people who live here full time. In the wintertime, though, that changes. Um, that's the high season for the town. So you're talking about, like, you know, uh, October, November, all the way uh, into about May, um, where the snowbirds come down from Canada and, mm-hmm. and Northern California and the, and the cold climate, uh, then the population goes up to about 6,000, so it almost du- it doubles in size mm-hmm. uh, here, and uh, you, you get all, you know, all the, uh, the restaurants sprout up. A lot of some places will close down in the summertime because there's just not a lot of local people who live here, uh, but you do get a lot of uh, the, uh, the fishermen who come down from basically April, May, all the way into um, October, November. November yeah. um, it's our fishing season, um, so, you know, we, we do get a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of the fishermen get done during that time of the year. But the town is still very small, small little town. And, uh, you know, at the peak, like I said, in the wintertime, you're going to get about maybe 6,000 people who live here full-time. Well, the, uh, you know, when we, the trip that we got coming up is it September 28th, uh, Frank, is that right? Yes, that's right. And, um, you know, that one, it's uh, five nights, four days, two days cruiser fishing. Um, and you know you can go and you, know, you can go fishing every day if you want to, or you yeah, can rent an ATV and run up and down the beach. And I know what Frank's going to do; he's going to take his fly rod and run up and down the beach. You got it. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things to do that you guys can do. Um, you know, here besides fishing, we have you know the, the snorkeling and the diving. You can rent. You can go horseback riding on the beach. You guys can go jet skiing, uh, renting TVs with some spinning rods and do some fishing from the beach, you know, just cruise up and down the beach and do that. Um, so there's a lot of different things that are, are available to our clients, as, as well as the day spa. And uh, you know, if, the, uh, if the wife wants to get a massage while well, the, the guys go out fishing, uh, that's, a, that's a definitely uh, a possibility as well. So a lot, a lot of different opportunities when you're down here. You know, hey. we're a small town. We, we definitely have a lot of things to do. Eddie, forget Forget the forget the wife. I'll get a massage, <laughs> especially <laughs> especially especially when you go out there and you tie into. Uh, now the the big game fish, uh, you know, especially the dorado. I'm sure you're getting some in now already. The tuna, and of course you got marlin there year round. But you know the the prime season, uh, they like warm water. Yeah. 
And when I say warm, yeah. I mean 80 to 90 degree uh, surface temperature. Correct. And, yeah, and exactly. that usually starts in the middle of summer and goes through the beginning of November. But uh, where the water yeah, right now yeah. we're probably in the mid in the mid eighties right now. Yeah. Um, uh, a, a few weeks ago, we actually dipped down into the uh, upper seventies when the water got stirred up a little bit, and now we're back up to you know low low eighties right now. Yeah. Um, but this year, uh, John, it's been a phenomenal uh, season. The fishing has been phenomenal. Uh, lots of tuna uh, being caught all, all all season long. Uh, there's a few wahoo around. There's some big dorados around. Lots of striped marlin. There's a lot of pompano, pargo, cabrilla, um, rooster fish around. So there's a huh. lot of opportunities uh, for a lot of different species. I, I don't well, think I've, I've ever got a pompano down there. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. This year, I think the pompano have kind of exploded just because the, the bait situation has gotten so so uh, much better this oh. year. With the sardinas coming back. They've been kind of missing a few years, and they really feed on sardinas. And then, you know, they usually kind of hibernate over there, in, uh, or they kind of hide out, I should say, over in Cabo Pomo, uh, which we're not allowed to go into because it's a marine reserve where, you know, living coral reefs are not allowed to go in there to fish. Uh, but now the populations have grown to the point where they're getting pushed out of Cabo Pomo following the sardines out, and now we're able to get them. So this has actually been a really, really good year for Pompano, and it's a very, very good eating fish. So I definitely mm-hmm. highly recommend, uh, if you have an opportunity, to definitely try to land one. They're fun to catch, and they're very good eating. Wow. And how big do they get? What's that? Eddie, about how big do the Pompano get? Um, you know, I've seen them. They, they basically, the ones that they've been catching are anywhere from 10 pounds to as big as, I mean, that big, big one would maybe be like 25 pounds. That would oh, be a wow. pretty big yeah. size pompano. Oh, those um, are great. But yeah, you're and looking for like anything from, yeah. you know, between about around 10 pounds is about, is about normal. Oh, no, and they're fun. Um, and, yeah. Oh, by the way, you mentioned Cabo Pulmo, which I believe is the only living coral reef in North America. Correct. And, yeah. Um, Cabo Pulmo is a beautiful place to go for snorkeling or diving. It's protected by the Mexican government, so uh, you can't fish there. Um, you can't do spear fishing there. All you can do is just look. You can't mm-hmm. touch the coral reef. You just can go and look and look at the beautiful uh, the clear water there that they have, um, beautiful snorkeling and diving. Uh, highly recommend if you have an opportunity. Everyone that I've ever recommended to go there has always come back and said, wow, that was amazing. Yeah. Well, of course, you can fish right on the edge, so. <laughs> yeah, and there there is a lot of uh, it's a habitat, and they they it, you know fortunately they do protect the way it can because uh, living coral reefs are very delicate. Yes. Yeah, for sure, and we do. You know, our boats will, will go right along the edge of the line. They go. They have they have them all marked with GPSs. I have a couple of questions I gotta ask you. In September, what are you going to have for off the beach? Will the Sierra still be there, or what will be off the beach at that time? Off the beach, you know, you know, there's a lot of different opportunities off the beach. Jack Travel is a big one. Um, you're going to get a lot of rooster fish from the beach um, if you go to the right spot. Um, rooster fish tend to push sardinas uh, up against the shoreline, so you're going to have yeah. opportunities for those. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Travel, like I said, are another one that's really big. Uh, uh, Pargo, if you're going to go do some bottom fishing in the rocks, they're usually in the shallow. I've mm-hmm. seen captains when they're anchored right out in front of the hotel, washing their boats, they'll drop a line down, and they'll pull up big Pargo. 
Cargo, which is your uh, what you guys call snapper. Uh, we get down here a lot of different species of uh, different types of cargo that we get down here. Um, you'll also see Cabria around as well. Um, and there's a, there's a bunch of different. Uh, well, these these Cargo, these Cargo, sure them are catch and release. But the Cargo you're talking about, not three to five pounds. Those things are huge down there. Oh, yeah. no, yeah. I'm talking about 50, 50 pound cargo that you can pull right from in front of the hotel. Yeah. Sure. Well, you better get the right tackle on that one because those things pull hard. And the yeah, Jack, yeah. Jack, the Jack Ravel, normally, normally you don't keep because, you know, they're not that good. But uh, uh, And the rooster fish, you always like to see those go back. Yeah. But uh, they're sure a lot of fun to catch. Yeah, for sure. This year's been phenomenal. You know, our occupancy, you know, I think the word got out this year that the, 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 the uh, bait was going to be uh, much better and the conditions were going to be just right. And our occupancy rate went through the roof. And the fishing, since we started basically in early May, has, has not stopped. It's just been consistently consistently good all season long so far. Um, flags are flying on every boat. A um, lot of tuna. Um, like I said, Dorado, Wahoo, Roosters, Pargo, Cabrilla, Pompano, it's a striped marlin, blue marlin, sailfish, you know, it's just all been here and it's like going to be around and we're just getting going so it's just going to get better um, because July, August, and September. Okay. Uh, Eddie, we're going to have to go, but if, if you want to get in with this, go to fishhunttalkradio.com and go to uh, Real Fun Adventures. We've got the trip on 850 bucks. You can't believe that and it's um, and the opportunities are great, and they've got everything down there. You just show up with your wallet, of course. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we just show up, and it's incredible sure. fishing. Thank you very much, Eddie. We appreciate the, the update. So real. All right, guys. You take care. But I wish that I was A few years ago, a sailor set out to design a boat shoe that was comfortable and stable, non-skid, and wouldn't mark the decks. Today, these incredibly comfortable shoes are worn by anglers, boaters, professional guides, and charter captains. Go to softscience.com to see more. Soft Science shoes and boots are lightweight and shock absorbent with just the right level of support. Several styles come in all sizes. Enjoy the Soft Science shoe in the water and out. Check them out at softscience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that 
that it feels like Christmas once a month. And you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal, and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. And bolt with a bunch of fancy gear, crepe steaks, you north and lures. Every style type and size, if you think that'll help, you're in for a surprise, cause money. Can't buy school, you know the guys and me, we can catch them at will against Shad Rap. You ain't no match, fish are just something that you can't catch. For crying out loud, guy, you can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. Built a tug on the line and I didn't pay attention. I was spinning way too fast. Before I knew it, I was staring at a 10 pound shiny bass. When I tried to pull the fish inside, I pulled a muscle in my upper thigh. I was so scared. I threw my rod up in the air. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we also, of course, have Frank Selby on the line with us. And we've got somebody we haven't had on before. Vaughn, uh, is it Podmore? Yeah. Podmore. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, it's Podmore, Vaughn Podmore. I'm uh, talking from Huntington Beach, Southern California, and I run Salty Fly Guide Service. Salty Fly? Is that what you said? Correct. Yeah, yeah Salty Fly Guide Well, let me, let me guess. You're probably a fly angler. And Correct. you and you probably spend some time in the in the ocean fishing uh, with the fly. I do. I uh, over the last ten years, I've probably averaged about two hundred and fifty days a year fishing local, fishing mm. from the beaches to the back bays to Catalina Island to do <laughs> offshore Southern California. Wow. Well, you know, we've been talking about before is that the phenomenal growth in fly fishing. Uh, you know, and you think of fly fishing, you, you know, you think of, you know, these lakes where this, you know, this beautiful, long, dry fly cast, um, and the fish come up and grab it, and you get a two-pound trout, and it's really exciting. But uh, when you're fishing in saltwater, it's a little bit different from that. First of all, you don't have to worry about the trees and shrubs, right? <laughs> we never yeah. had to worry about that, did we, Vaughn? Yeah, no, most definitely. I tell you what, there's nothing... That pulls harder than a saltwater fish, and you and you know people that fish the salt with me for the first time can contest that. You know, a three-pound bonita. Yeah. That we get on the on the Pacific side here um, will pull as hard as maybe a fifteen-pound trout. Um, mm-hmm. It's all muscle. They just bullets. Yeah. Very, oh, yeah. very good species. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, a, a trout can run, but, you know, you, the bonita and, and some of the other fish that you're talking about, they don't run, man. They fly. So <laughs> zing, zing, zing. Yeah. Well, I, I tell everyone that today is going to be the first time you're going to see your backing because most trout fishermen mm. haven't seen it, haven't seen their backing. But when you come and fish the salt water, yeah, you're going to see it a few times. Mm-hmm. And you know, we, there's, there's, there's other species we, we look you know to look to catch barracuda, calico bass, and then everybody in Southern California goes for the elusive yellowtail, which is I oh, think yeah. comparable comparable to East Coast uh, amberjack. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, very hard fighting fish. Pound oh, for pound, yeah. probably one of the strongest fish. And I hate to say it, and, and you know, you don't ever want to take more than you need, but they are incredible um, eating fish. They're just. You know, well, that's what a lot of the Japanese use for uh, sushi. But yeah. uh, they and and they are fun. They're and they're beautiful fish. Oh, now, they, they're fantastic! Yeah, you know, I always encourage catch and release. Um, during the summertime, we get a lot of smaller grade yellowtail, which we call the firecrackers, which are mm-hmm. three to five pounds. Um, those fish, they do spawn at that age, but they only release probably. Five to ten thousand eggs a year. When you get it to that twenty-pound fish, they are over ten years old, and they release up to forty plus thousand eggs a year. So I encourage those fish to be released way more than the little guys. But, oh, really? You know, yeah, yeah. You know, take what you need, and you know, Mother Nature's provided you a, a great opportunity to catch these beautiful fish. So yeah, it's good. It feels good to release most of them, or, or mm-hmm. actually, some days all of them. Well, we we talked a little bit about the growth of fly fishing, but I think the biggest growth is uh, saltwater fly fishing. It's you know, uh, ten years ago it was not very common, and now yeah. now it's just it's huge. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's grown a lot. I know back in the day when when Frank's first opened up his shop, it was I'd say there was a group of us that, that used to go down to the beach and fish the beaches a lot. And obviously, you know, doing presentations at different at different fly uh, uh, clubs. I'd say over the 10 years, 15 years uh, that I've been doing it here in Southern California, it's it's definitely grown. Back in those days, when I used to take my boat out when I first started captaining, it used to be myself and maybe one other person fly fishing. Now, guys that are conventional fishing have got a fly rod tucked away somewhere in their boat. Mm-hmm. So you, you, I've seen it grow huge over the last well, 10 years. Well, you, you mentioned about uh, trout fishermen never see their backing, but when you when you got something on where you've got the line on the reel and you're cranking and it's pulling drag, uh, tell us real quick about what should be using. Uh, and of course, it depends on what you're after, whether it's marlin or or the uh, barracuda. But what yeah. type, what type of line and, and uh, uh, leader and such, and even even the fly line, what do you use? Now that now you're talking typically what we use on the west coast. Yes. Yeah. So the standard, I'd say, the standard all-round outfit to come and fish the west coast blue water would probably be an eight to a nine weight rod. They're not too heavy to throw, and we always fish with um, a line that's going to match that weight rod, anything from a 300-grain shooting sinking head up to a 400-grain shooting sinking head. Uh, the reel you need to use has to carry, I'd say, a minimum of 200 yards backing, and the backing varies in, in different strengths. I would say probably a minimum of 50-pound. Um, I'm with hatch reels. And they make a phenomenal backing, which is 50-pound gel spun. And there are the the gel spuns out on the market. Mm -hmm. Um, And then as far as leaders go, um, you know, I keep it simple. I always believe the more knots in a leader, the more problems you're going to have. So typically from the fly line to the fly, from the fly line to the fly, I have two knots. One that joins the fly line, another to the fly, and I probably... And what what type of knot do you do? Do you use a loop for quick change, or how do you tie it? I use a I use a loop knot. Uh, typically, if we're just fishing for bonita, calabash, barracuda, but 
if I know there are yellowtail around, I'll put a bimini twist up on the fly-in strong on the fly-in side, so we get maximum strength of that tippet material. Mm-hmm. And then you can use a palomar or a loop knot to your fly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, that's and what size flies? Well, you know, I typically match the forage that that is common to the Southern California Pacific Coast, and that would be sardines, anchovy, mackerel, uh, smelt. This is fishing the blue water. Um, of, of course, if you're fishing in the bays, there's a bunch of different varieties of forage like sand crabs and ghost shrimp and stuff like that. So just wherever you're fishing, you match the forage. And of course, fishing for you know the well-known calico bass on the west coast, they uh, they will eat anything. I'd say flashy orange, yeah, brown. Well, they, they do like anchovies. Like yeah, they do like anchovies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, yesterday yesterday we got three fish up to 15-pound yellowtail uh, on one of my anchovy flies that I tie, and it's basically just a simple black over white deceiver with a little bit of purple flash in it. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Frank's the, Frank's the fly guy, and, uh, you know, Frank's, uh, you know, he apparently sends flies all over the world. Oh, yeah, Frank, Frank I, I haven't visited, I just haven't had time to visit Frank's fly shop in a while, even though he's on the other side of town. But uh, Frank has a variety of flies, whether you're fishing from beaches, bays, offshore, destinations. Hey, Ron, I've got to run. I've got a guy on the line about my computer. They're stealing everything, and I've got to go. But okay. thank you, and John will finish up. All Bye. right. Thanks, Frank. Talk Thank to you soon. Frank. Good Not luck on that. Good. But, uh, yeah, no, that, and uh, uh, well, I remember used to be uh, backing materials Dacron on fly lines, right? Yeah, you know, the, the, the problem with Dacron, and, and you can use it in the, in the freshwater world, the problem in the salt that is it absorbs a lot of water, and most people don't change out their, their backing on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So it rots. You use, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you use that Dacron, the salt water penetrates it, and it just, you get lactolysis on the inner core of your of your flowery where's where's spectra it's thinner the weavers are tighter and obviously you've got to wind it wind mm-hmm. it on your reel really tight so it, yeah. it holds out salt water not to say that you need to once in a while take everything off and clean it but yeah that's mm-hmm. that's that's a common problem well you know i'm sure they make it but i can't remember the last time i've seen dacron line do they still use it? Do they still use yeah, it for anything? Yeah, you know, Rio makes it. Um, Rio makes it. Orbis makes it. And what, uh, why? Why would you use it? Dacron. Well, it's cheaper for one. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Dacron. I'd say, for, for example, three hundred yards of Dacron's probably going to cost you thirty dollars, whereas three hundred yards of gel spun is going to cost you fifty. Mm-hmm. But the diameter difference is night and day. The diameter oh, yeah. of 30-pound Dacron mm-hmm. versus 30-pound uh, uh, Spectra, it's mm-hmm. probably as thin as maybe 6-pound. Yeah. So yeah. it's super thin. You can, the oh, capacity you can, yeah, that you can double yeah. on your reel. Yeah, you can put three 500 yards on it. Yeah. And, uh, but you yeah. didn't use a uh, gel spun. But uh, uh, what about the microwaves? Do you use those um, for backing? No. Nah. No, I've never used that. No, no. I just, I just keep it simple. It's either been many years ago or it's that far now. It's gel spun. Mm-hmm. You know, there are, 
you know, in the fly fishing world, as you know, it's everything is pretty expensive because yeah. it's fly fishing. Yeah. Um, so if if you want to if you want to get a gel spun and you kind of shine a little bit of cash, I would go to a conventional store. Yeah. Uh, and then buy it. It's it's so that stuff that you buy at a conventional store. Some of it you can get. It's 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 made for casting, so it weaves a lot flatter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you buy some that's a little more abrasive. So back in the day, I used to use a lot of the conventional stuff on the west coast here, in and around the kelp. So if you did catch a big fish, can pull it, it would and it would act like a saw and cut through yeah. the kelp. You, yeah, you can pull it out. Correct. But, yeah. uh, you know, you know, like the calicos and uh, uh, even the uh, uh, white sea bass and stuff, they, they do kind of like to hang out in the kelp. Yeah, I used to make, uh, years ago, I used to make what I used to call a kelp cutter rig. And yeah. basically it was the first four feet of my tippet was yeah. spectra. And then I used to run oh, okay. two, two feet of 20-pound fluorocarbon. Well, so. Vaughn, it looks like we're running out of time. Let's find oh, out how, let's, how, how can we get in touch with you. Uh, you can call me at uh, 414-235-7715. Um, I do have a website called saltyflyfishing.com. Salty. Uh, saltyflyfishing.com. That's, a, that's an easy one to remember. Saltyflyfishing.com. Correct. I'm on Instagram at okay. saltyflyhb, so you can okay. get me there. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. The Soft Science footbed absorbs the shock of pounding waves, engine vibration, and even rocky terrain. Soft Science shoes are roomy and relaxed, and they drain and dry quickly. Check out the Soft Science Fin fishing shoes and boots and the Fin H2O for kayaking and canoeing. They're lightweight, slip-resistant, and won't mark your deck. See the new styles for men and women and get your pair on at softscience.com. by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, AFTCO makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says AFTCO, you know you have a quality rod. Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through AFTCO. Longest lasting, functional, and best looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for AFTCO at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. Great news. You can now watch Grizz's shows wherever you are, whenever you want, on all your mobile devices. Download the Grizz Channel app today. Enjoy an adventure during that boring wait at the doctor's office. Or while you're sitting at the airport waiting for your next flight. Just go to your phone, tablet, or even Kindle app store or iTunes and download it today. And when you get home, you can watch The Grizz on your big screen on Roku. Catch The Grizz next adventure today.
fishing, that's what I'm doing. Think about nothing, not even you. Catch me a big one, the five's back of proud. Slapping in the water, I pull it right out. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we were able to get uh, Vaughn to hang on with us just for a couple of minutes. We've been talking off air, talking a little bit about fly fishing in uh, East Cape. Apparently, you've done some of that, Vaughn. I know you specialize off the coast of California. but Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm definitely not an expert in fishing East Cape. There are guides down there that have fished it. For many years, I've just gone down there as a vacationer, but um, it, it for me, it has always been pretty simple. You know, a lot of people go down there and they want to target the, the pelagics, the offshore stuff. But I tell you what, that inshore stuff off the beach, you know, roosters is obviously the big draw. But you know, there's there's pargo, there's there's needlefish, there's Mexican lookdown, there's all there's ladyfish, there's all those other species that a lot of people overlook when they go down there and uh, that's what I've found when I've gone down there I typically I've booked two days on the punga looking for the pelagics mm-hmm. and then I walk the beaches for two days and the lines that I've always used down there going back to gear is is either a floating line or a sink tip you mm-hmm. don't need to, you don't need to throw a full sink line where you're going to drag well, the bottom you mentioned something when you go down to East Cape normally you're thinking about big tuna or tuna uh, dorado and marlin uh, conventional fishing but when Correct. you're when you're using a fly rod you're, you're you know you're not you're going to release them anyway and some of the yeah. fish that's considered junk fish uh, like the needlefish and ladyfish, they're kind yeah. of strange looking. But man, do those things fight! Yeah, a lot yeah, of fun they, fly rod. Yeah, yeah, they fight good. You know, the, I think the biggest problem with with going down there as a fly guy is uh, you have two options. You either hopefully they have a lot of sardina, which is a sardina I've been scarce mm-hmm. over the years down there. Yeah, um, to chum the fish and bring them to the boat so you can so you can cast. Mm-hmm. Your other option is to drag the fly around the whole day, which is, mm, yeah, you know, for, really, me, yeah. for me, it kind of gets boring. Yeah. Some, some guys may like it. That is one well, way of certainly finding fish. Yeah, though, but, but don't, don't, don't you use a teaser and then just throw the fly in when they, when they bring them up? Yeah, you can, you can use a teaser, you know, but it's, it's a long day trawling around, yeah. uh, you know, so... For the, for the flag that wants to be active, yeah. casting the whole time, you know, I'd say that inshore stuff, fishing the, the reefs and stuff like that yeah. are, are fantastic fishing. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the uh, normally when we talk about the, you know, you know, the bonita and the ladyfish and needlefish that, you know, that piss the captains off because they're taking bait and they're wasting time because they, <laughs> they don't want them. They get pissed off when they keep catching them. But when you're in a school of them, I mean, those uh, uh, needlefish, they'll, they'll spend, you know, half the time on top of the water flashing and, you know, they kind of look like a an eel or something because they're long and thin. But they, they're they really acrobatic or aerobatic, I guess. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, they're just a lot of fun. If that's if that's what you want to do is get a fish on that wants to fight and you've got a fly rod. And you don't have to have heavy equipment for it. No, no, you don't. You know, I've normally, when I've gone down there, I've taken an 8 to 10 and a 12 weight. 
and the 8 and 10 typically cover everything. The 12 weight for sure, if you want to go offshore and look for that bigger tuna and wahoo and marlin. But uh, the 8 and the 10 are probably going to be your two two most rods that you use all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, fishing from the beach as needle fish can be fun. I know fishing from the boat gets a little frustrating when you targeting roosters and as the rooster is going to grab your fly out of nowhere yeah. the needle fish comes in and steals it and the same thing happens oh, yeah. on the beach you know but yeah. they, they have fun you know I mean yeah. if, 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 well you know, the, 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 uh, uh, at the Palmas de Cortez you can get one of those uh, ATVs and run up and down the beach and kind of sight fish for them but we are running out of time again and uh, one more time it's uh, saltwaterflyfishing.com no right? it's no, salty fly salty Fly fishing, salty fly fishing. Okay, dot com. So it's easy to find. Uh, just uh, type it in, and it'll pop right up. Yep, type it in. Or you know, if, if you if you do forget that, you can just look up salty salty fly guide service. There you go. The name of my guide service. Cool. And all right, I'll pop up. But yeah, uh, appreciate it, Vaughn. Okay, you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to the website, listen to the show, and get in touch with us.